ever imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Kevin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed. Indeed. Indeed it is. It is a science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact. They were all up in your face. It is time once again for the one and the only Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. And also, welcome to it. I am your host, Conan Neutron. I am a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 22 years most known for the band Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life, and I use the format of this very long-running podcast to talk about music of musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks that may or may not be household names, but do something very special. This is episode 274. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash If you like the show or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. Special treat for you guys, Sunday Quarantimes edition of Protonic Reversal. We got almost the whole band. Almost the whole band. Three quarters is pretty good. 75% is a passing grade. Uh, and uh, I'm very, very excited to uh, be talking to these gentlemen, of two of which uh, John and Mike are returning. But uh, Tom, for the first time, uh, let's just get right down to it. We got Tar, baby. We got Tar. Hey, fellas. Nope. Hello. Hello. Well, welcome to the show. Hello. John, Thank I, you. I appreciate you tarring. Uh, tarring. <laughs> Tagging your uh, username to include your uh, role and position in the band—that's very professional of you. Yeah, I've spent too much time on—I've spent too much time on Zoom uh, the past two years. Uh, so, just for the for the audio only listeners, if we can just go ahead and uh, go around the, go around the room and everyone can introduce themselves so they can get acquainted with the different voices, that would be lovely. Uh, Mike, Mike Greenleaf. That's John, me. John Moore. Tom Zalewski. Drums, guitar vocals, and bass, respectively. Right. <laughs> nice. Uh, gents, this is, a, this is a treat, man. It's, it's great to have you. I've been really, really glad that you guys have uh, been not only active as a band, as much as one can be an active as a band in, in COVID times, but kind of giving a lot of 
effort towards the the back catalog and presenting it. The box sets were really beautiful. That's a, how did all that come come to pass? Was that something that was kind of grinding on for a while, or was that uh, relatively recent? Well, we had some time. <laughs> you need a project during COVID times, you know. This is true. I, <laughs> I, I think it started <clears throat> with putting up a Bandcamp page and throwing up some live. Um, tapes or some live recordings and you know those first three records have been out of print for a long long time and i think we had thought about it but it was like well it does seem like a window of opportunity here absolutely and there's been interest in the band that has you know including folks that maybe never got a chance to see you the first time around Right. So then there's a whole new group of fans that especially when stuff is not in print anymore. Although what what does that really mean in these days? I don't know. But the, you can uh, you, you get to get a whole new generation of folks that maybe never had the chance to yeah. own a copy. And that's awesome. Those records in particular were not um, even streaming anywhere. It was any, I mean, you know, beyond uh, YouTube, you know, people put yeah. the stuff there. But, you know, nice to have the actual original mixes mastered and up there in high def or whatever the hell it is. Was it kind of a trip revisiting all those older songs? Was it kind of, was it like a time travel experiment? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't heard any of it in any quality. I don't know if these guys had, like since we you know probably since they were first out just like cassette recordings that had been digit digitized stuff like that whatever was on youtube was what i would have listened to of those records i think for me it was um when they were mastered bob weston did it it was a <laughs> a solo effort on his part right no one was allowed in the same room pre-vaccines and so once they had been remastered, it was, I don't know if revelation's the right word, but uh, there was a lot more to hear than there was on the the released copies. So that was pleasing because the, I think the thinking was that we could get them to sound better. Um, and uh, I think we, we hit that mark. Tom, what was your thoughts on all that? I was just happy to be along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true bass player. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'm not around. I live in Los Angeles, so um, for me, it was uh, fun to see it all happening, uh, but I didn't get to participate very much, as much as I would like to. So, But, uh, you know, it's, it's still really fun, and it's pretty neat to see it all come back out again. And I think... I think it's actually amazing that you guys have been able to do as much as you've been able to do. Uh, and I'm thinking towards that fantastic All Tomorrow's Impeachments show that uh, Scott Pico organized a couple yeah. years back. That would two be of really them. Great. Two of them, yeah. Uh, and, th and things along those lines. So like, kind of keep it adventure-based when not only do you have the not everyone in the same area kind of thing, but, uh, you know, everyone's got other obligations. Everyone's got, like, lives and, you know, I, I, I don't spoiler alert. No one's 20 years old anymore. Right. 
Uh, not really. <laughs> no, it's what been 30, 30 years since those records first came out. Is that right? Thirty years. Yeah, about thirty plus. Thirty-one since Jackson came. Or thirty since Jackson came out. Yeah, yeah Jackson right. was ninety-one. So. So then, yeah, so. it's an aesthetic choice, right? It's a, it's a choice to like make this something that you're that's important that you're you're going to put some time and effort to. And then also you have the converse side of you got it when you're when you're doing a show, you have to learn the songs. It's not like you're gonna forget how they went, but were the intricacies of it something that like oh, we did that? That's interesting. So so let's go. Let's kind of I understand this and this difficulty of having the whole band is that let's hear everyone's individual answers. Tom, you go first. Then we'll go John and then Mike. So Mike, you get to think it out the most, being the drummer. So yeah, when you don't play the songs for a long time, there's a lot of little things in our songs that you have to remember, little little accents, changes, things like that, that maybe only Mike and I do or stuff like that. And and something you don't think about, you know, 30 years later. <laughs> so you listen to it and go, oh, wait a minute, what was I doing there? Oh, wait, that's right, I forgot about that. So it's a lot of uh, muscle memory and, uh, you know, just trying to dig deep, <laughs> trying to remember what you played sometimes. John, how about yourself? Yeah, the... I think Tom's hit it. The muscle memory <clears throat> isn't isn't really there. Um, and in the the lead up to the 2017 shows, uh, Mike and Mark and I and a friend were able to you know get through rehearsals, which which helped a lot. But um, you know it's not the same um, until you know Tom is there with us. And so, you know, it's both exciting. And then, you know, we were a band that always practiced a lot. And, um, you know, so with years off, (laughs) (laughs) um, it it was, it was different. And and like a lot of the nuances and stuff that like, you know, were just sort of chiseled in through practice and a lot of touring, like those were a bit harder to, to grasp. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Might as well play. It, indeed. Indeed. Mike, what's, uh, what was your, yeah, your I, I think, I think might as well play is the answer. It's just, we're, I think we're as a group more inclined to say, yeah, let's do, let's do it. Whether we, I don't think we're going to ever get it to what it was exactly. And my head is off to bands that can do that. Cause I, I don't know how I would get. I mean, right now I'm at a place where I've been playing drums for months. It's not what it was. (laughs) It just isn't. Um, But, you know, I feel like uh, 2018, that show you mentioned before, the um, uh, All Tomorrow's and Peachman's things that Scott put together, uh, we, you know, there were moments on stage where it felt like, yeah, I remember that. And, you know, that wasn't there in the rehearsals, like, you know, God bless our friends who helped us on, you know, relearn the songs. But when Tom was like the practice where Tom came back, we did, we did like one, I think, rehearsal with Tom before we did the two shows. And it, it was like, oh, damn, that's right. That's what it's like. Yeah, <laughs> we came pretty close during those shows. Uh, hopefully we can get it to that again sometime 
Well, and and so you bring guys bring up an important point, Tom. With you being the furthest away, like, are you practicing the records? Like, uh, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, how? Are you um, doing? not not typically, but <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna do a show, that's pretty much what you do. Yeah. Um, put on the records and start remembering. And actually, the best way for me to remember how to do everything is just to remap the songs again myself because you write it all down you have to listen to it over and over and over and rewind and go oh yeah there's all those little things and you catch it all then you remember it a lot better than if someone writes it down for you and says here go ahead and play it <laughs> like here's some sheet you know? music yeah exactly. right <laughs> right here here's your cheat sheet now try it you know <laughs> it's, uh, i still got to count and all the other stuffs <laughs> and, and things things change in a live band Right. Yeah. There's a push and there's a pull. Right? <laughs> the dynamics so. change and everything yeah. else. You know? Yeah. When we were rehearsing and we had a um, uh, friend helping us on bass and he was playing the version of Transfer from Jackson and we were like, oh, no, 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 no. No, there's a live edit. That's the way we play it live here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you'd be forgiven if you only, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to the records. And it's like, yeah, not exactly. Close, but not exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> the songs were sometimes not done yet back when we recorded them. <laughs> Apparently, they changed playing live after we knew what John's vocals were. Things changed a little bit. Oh, yeah, there'd be subtle things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I may, we were awful clever, maybe too clever for our own good. So, you know switching time signatures or alternating number of repetitions we just did what the song needed that wasn't clever well it, ple- it pleased us i i support that yeah at the time if you right. we needed to be playing in different times at the same time right. if right. you're playing like the a part four times and the b part four times the c part four times then you gotta reverse engineer it later on a little on, bit like, easier yeah of course what what, what right. was it i I don't know if this is going to delight or amuse or annoy, but anytime we had an overly complicated part in my own old band, I used to call it a tar part. So, uh, thank you, thank you, and we're That's sorry. Flattering. <laughs> yeah, I think the um, Rose from the Poster Children was saying that they had some song that they called the Tar Song. It was like a D to B or something. Yeah, like that, that real uh, gr- grindy repetition kind of kind of thing. Yeah, which not that that was all you guys did, but it definitely was a, a notable. Attribute. We were good at it. Yeah, <laughs> we practiced that part a lot. Follow your bliss. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think like seventy five percent of our stuff was just four on the floor, start to finish, wasn't it? Maybe we varied the length of time parts were played. And that wasn't consistent, but we didn't go, we didn't stray that far, that often from four four. Yeah. Notable examples. Am I wrong? Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, you might have to ask in each individual member. Uh, there was uh, there was a lot song. going on. I mean, it, and and so in some of those remasters, listening um, closely, like for the test pressing part, like hearing uh, what I'm playing and what Mark's playing and what Tom's playing, it was just. Again, and I don't know if they'd call it a revelation, but it was pretty cool because, like, there was a lot of different things, and you know, it worked. But we had to, you know, sort that out through a lot of, I think, practice and performance. So that brings up a good point with, uh, you know, with these reissues, you know, and going back and and, and examining this music 
uh, you know, did, did did you find yourself at all being like surprised or sort of like, oh, interesting. Why did we do that? Or like, oh, that was cool that we did. Like a new master especially brings out, not that those records were mastered poorly, but of course Bob's a badass. So, you know, it brings out certain elements. You get to hear it in a new context. You get to hear it in a new time. You get to hear it in the present context. You know, like what's, how, what did that so, do? Mike, we'll start with you this time. Excuse me. Some of them weren't great the first time. If you want my, I mean, I'm, and I'm no audiophile, but listening to the stuff Bob did and then hearing the test pressings, you know, even, even though we found things to um, kick back, um, it was a revelation to me, like hearing parts that I didn't really know were there. Some of, some of the stuff in particular, Tom's playing on, um, like for Landluck, for example, I didn't really realize we're even there. Um, a Mark's guitar playing kind of jumps out at me too with parts that I didn't really hear before. It was kind of a big wash in my brain, like the two guitar parts kind of creating overtones and third parts, et cetera. And hearing, like especially Jack, I'm mostly talking about Jackson, I think, that I think that one improved the most with this reissue. I'm glad you said that because I kind of felt the same way. Like I was, I was like, "Whoa, this is like a new record, practically." As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and the the earlier ones, I think, just there were songs I kind of wrote off in my head. Like, yeah, it was kind of that was a song that we recorded. I'm I'm digging some of that stuff a little bit more, re re listening to it than I did at the time, even. So, I don't know. Tom, how, how do you feel? Nostalgia, about maybe. Uh, well, for the other stuff, for me, um, honestly, I didn't really even listen to it because I was in the band then. So it didn't, um, you know, I liked the music. I always wished I was part of it. Um, so uh, listening to Jackson was a little bit more important to me because that's where I actually joined the band and yeah. uh, my parts actually came into play. So um, that was really fun to hear again after, you know, however long it's been. So yeah, it was fun. It uh, sounded had a little bit more of a live element to it because it was recorded live, and that kind I think the mastering kind of brought a little more of that out. Where, you, like Mike was saying, you hear more of the overtones because that was something that I think that uh, didn't really translate as well through records uh, as when we played live. Is uh, because when we played live, you hear a lot of the overtones uh, from the volume <laughs> of what we were doing. That yeah, made, made other sounds that you just didn't hear before. So um, I, uh, some of that translates a little bit more on the record than it used to, for me anyway. I I was really happy with um, Jackson. Like, I, I don't know if that's where I started, but I was like, you know, because <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, the pro tip is if you're going to do a reissue, probably don't do four records at the same time. <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts. Um, that's a lot. And... Um, and so I remember with Jackson feeling this sort of satisfaction of like, okay, this now sounds like how I wanted it to sound and like how in my head, um, you know, it should sound. Um, Roundhouse uh, seemed the most improved to me. Um, and Handsome, I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was better, uh, but like you know, maybe in quotes. And the 
and you know the live record wasn't remastered other than like it being mastered but it was it was really nice to hear us playing so well you know that like that road um readiness mode right yeah that tour tight kind of yeah 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 and you know like we were rocking and we had a, a swing and you know friendly let's call it a friendly banter with the crowd which is always a <laughs> delighted part of a tar performance <laughs> if, if your if your friends can't insult you what are they there yeah, for are they even really <laughs> friends yeah yeah hard to say so <laughs> from my own personal experience with tar i basically worked my way backwards the first one i got was over and out mm. and then then toast and then i those are the only two i had for a very long time then i was like oh there's records before this <laughs> and then i went to uh, jackson and roundhouse uh, in that order but i i know that uh so so and i'm gonna go back to that key time uh with jackson like as a band where were you guys at obviously tom you're locked and loaded you're doing your thing it kind of seems like that's when it all really came together for tar as we know it right oh yeah it was crazy when tom joined like and i was talking to john about this and i tried to kind of write notes kind of to that effect for the release re-release but like when I look back at the period from when Tom like first, you know, tried to, it was barely an audition. We invited him to our friend's house and we uh, had a song written and we're like, well, let's just play this song. Cause uh, Hazelmeyer wants a um, single. Was it New Year's, New Year's Day or day something day. like that? Yeah. And it was out in Streamwood at Cheer Accident had this house out there. Right. So we we're, were like in the living, we're in the living room, room and, and Tom came out and, learned this song in like two and a half minutes, basically. And we played it a bunch of times. He put his foot up on the kick drum so he could feel it because it, the noise, it was like really loud and crazy in there. But from that period, from then until we recorded Jackson was like six or seven months. Of Yeah, it came together pretty fast. It was yeah. Because, yeah, because you just were like a riff manufacturer at that point. <laughs> like, at least, I think at least half of those songs were just bass riffs and jamming in, in, that, uh, in your basement where you live with Mark. Yeah, it was helpful because Mark and I lived together and we would get done practicing and I would go upstairs in my room and I would just start playing right away and then my four track, I'd run back to Mark and I'm like, Mark, what about this? What about that? And he would and I would come up with more things right away. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So that's that was really helpful, us just being roommates and you know, coming from practice and going upstairs and being like, Hmm, I'm I'm inspired, I wanna keep playing and I would, you know, have an idea and keep going with it. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think of it like that period there was two really, really good things and Mike's hit one which was that tom joined and you know brought his talents and and riff machining um which was great and then the other was we had like a home base rehearsal location in the basement of where mark and tom were which, yeah first time ever last yeah. time ever <laughs> yeah which was which was really great and we could practice what, whenever we wanted i guess pretty much so and did you feel that so Tom, you know what what was what was your take on things coming in as like you know ostensibly the new guy, which is hilarious to think about when I think about how long ago it was, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-one, oh, 31 years ago. 
Well, I remember them playing uh, an AMREP uh, Dope Guns video for me, which I'd never seen before. And all I get thing is, what the hell am I getting myself into? <laughs> well, and, and Brad, but, uh, the well, connection, is, right? But these guys all seem pretty normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Did you think? Did you think they were going to be a pack of maniacs yeah. or something? <laughs> well, from watching the video, yeah, but, yeah. Like, but Brad Wood's friends with these guys. They got to be all right. right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't hook me up with the wrong bunch of guys. So, so. so Conan, Tom went to high school with Brad Wood. Yeah, we were next door neighbors for like years. So. Yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, uh, th- there's a certain person that we all know that has been angling very hard for me to have Brad on sometimes. Brad and I are friends through Instagram. Uh, uh, and is, it, is it Brad Wood? No, it's not Brad Wood, actually. <laughs> <laughs> very funny, though. Very funny. <laughs> and that does happen. But he's a fascinating dude in and of itself. But you guys go, like, way back, right? I mean, that's like a... Yeah, we've known each other since we were, like, 12 years old. Yeah. So, you, you know, you you... You walk in with, with these guys New Year's Day. They're not, you know, frothing maniacs as per right. the view. <laughs> video. We actually asked Brad to play bass first. Really? Because we had a tour booked. Right. And um, so we said, Brad, do you, I know you can kind of play. Do you want to do this, you know, <laughs> tour with us? And he's like, oh, okay. Did you, did you actually say that? Wait a minute, my what's that? Did you say we know you can kind of play? Kind of play, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the exact words were. I'd be like, oh, I wonder why he didn't join in. <laughs> yeah, I have my friend Tom; he'll help you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, crap, That's the funny. Uh, but he, I think Brad went home and went. Wait, Tom just moved back to Chicago, and he's an actual bass player. So, not that Brad isn't. Clearly, right, he right. plays bass in bands. I'm... He's quite good. He's, he's, he's okay. Dude from yeah. Bogues, in fact. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's on a few pretty uh, impressive yeah. records. Well, and uh... just probably plays everything, right? Yeah. Real, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, then he hipped us to Tom, and that was that. Uh, so, uh, and uh, j- jumping around a little bit, for me, hmm. now the idea of like the metal guitar is almost like like it's is this a thing right but for the years and years like oh that's the tar thing that's like that's what tar is like that tar is like the metal it's like they got that record that has like the and it's a specimen i think right that's on the cover yeah both yeah and uh, that's right yeah in the back cover too and i was like oh yeah that's like what, what <laughs> i'm gonna show my age here when i got a metal pick guard i was like oh it's like a tar pick guard like that was this that was only you guys that was the only thing of course now there are full-on aluminum instruments. It's like you know, it's not that it's like commonplace or anything, but it's certainly not the same. But where, when did the when did the specimens uh, come in? Uh, pre pre Jackson <laughs> for me. I was I was just um, cleaning up some stuff here um, that had been sitting in the basement for twenty years and tossing some stuff out and <laughs> came across. The I'm looking over here because I think it's in this pile. The my second and final check to Ian Schneller um, for the guitar, um, and it was it must have been mid ninety. That sound right? No, it was before that because I got mine in ninety one, and uh, so it would probably been like oh, you mean mid nineteen ninety? That's probably about right. I'm sorry. I it was um, between Handsome and Roundhouse, because Handsome, you didn't play it. 
Right. But on Roundhouse... So Roundhouse was made in 90. Mm. But I remember um, Les Paul playing that Silvertone. Ah. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, and th was it something... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a video with proof of that, isn't there? Yes. So, so was it something where you're like, oh, that, you know, that could probably wrote cool. it on the silver tone, though. Yeah. Because that was kicking around for a long time before that got recorded. Was the, was it just an aesthetic decision or like, oh, those look cool? Or like, where, what, what, how did that? So I, I had the silver tone I had, um, had an aluminum pick guard on it because I was using metal picks and, you know, silver tone and danos are made out of particle board. So it, was not going to be long for this world if I didn't do something about it. Right. And um, so the local guitar shop um, was like, well, we can just do like a metal pickguard. Oh. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I mean, my thought was, well, that's kind of cool, but wouldn't it be cooler if it was a fully metal guitar? Um, and I think I'd run into Ian a couple of times so I pitched the idea off of him, and he was like, yeah, we can do that. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of a experiment of sorts. I mean, but, you know, there was aluminum guitars made in the past prior to that by, by others, right? Well, sure. And I, 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 it's not that, you know, like whatever, like, you know, there's Travis Beans in the 70s, you know. Uh, um, yeah. The Valenos. 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 Yeah, yeah, the Valenos. Say, maybe, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Cause I was going to say just PIL, but obviously it's not just PIL that uses right. Valenos, but that's what I first thought of it. When I saw yeah. It. Grand Funk, I think, had a Valeno. Am I wrong? That's a well, possibility. I mean, Steve had one kicking around his living room, and I think, you know, maybe that's where I saw it. But, you know, that didn't seem like a practical instrument <laughs> what with the the ruby in it right. um, oh that's right in the headstock yeah the ruby yeah yeah well i had gone to ian's house one day just to get my bass tuned up mm -hmm. and i got there and he goes hey look what i made for you <laughs> and he pulls up this aluminum bass and he goes this is for you man I'm like you're kidding me right Whoa. <laughs> like well i have to pay you something i goes well, yeah, of course, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's not get it twisted. You're going to pay not for it. I'm what I paid for. He made that on spec. I did not know. <laughs> yeah, it was. He made it for me, and That's cool. I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and so I, I, you know, uh, I got some money. I made it. Made some money. Paid him. Next thing you know, I had my own aluminum guitar, and uh, the only thing I had to do was just change some parts along the way uh, to make it a little bit more what I wanted it to sound like, but. You know, the thing was, that was like a, that was more of an art piece that he made originally, kind of too. And, uh, but when he said he made it for me, I was like, you're kidding, right? Because <laughs> yeah. well, you're in tar now, so you have to have his bass. So um, I was kind of like, hmm, I kind of do. <laughs> that's well, kind of how I felt, you know. That's what I was going to ask is if it was like an arms race or something, right? Like, right. oh, you got a metal guitar. I got to get a metal guitar too. And then suddenly Mike's looking for aluminum right. drums, you know? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. He goes, Hey, you know, look what I made for you. It's like, wow. <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. It just kind of showed up in practice one day, as far as I could tell. And I didn't, I'm like, huh, Tom had that made. I didn't know he was having a good bass made. And I guess you didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is, he didn't actually know. It just happened. 
it just happened for me and i was like wow that's amazing you know did you play that on jackson or was that still the gnl i think i played it on jackson yeah yeah i i'd say yeah photographic evidence again yeah it's on the uh cover i forgot you you may remember that i was gonna say i just looked at that picture about a 20,000 times over the last year doing the artwork. So I think the only thing I didn't have at that point was the SVT head on the uh, 810 orange cabinet. Yeah. I think I borrowed something from Steve that day or that weekend or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's where it all came together. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, So a couple, couple things to go there. First of all, I love that it's almost like the story of ZZ Top with the beards. They both grew the beards independently of each other and just showed up and like, oh, you've got a beard. <laughs> I've got a beer too. <laughs> I was thinking we should do that. There's <laughs> still give time. Me a year's notice. <laughs> yeah, I could not grow a beard, and even in a year, I would not have a beard. I have like a little goatee after about a year. I think Mike would look exactly the same a year from now. <laughs> Is there not a, not another gray hair. Yeah, my stick. I don't know. What to tell you. Uh, I got the same thing going. Also, uh, I, I look terrible with facial hair, personally. But the uh, I, okay, so putting together the box sets and stuff, like going through all that ephemera, are you like going through like you know boxes in the in the attic in the in the basement or like what what's uh, you? It's in my closet, but yeah, I, I'm kind of the archivist, I guess. <laughs> Although after they were finished, uh, John came up with a really nice box of lyrics and stuff. Conveniently, hmm. after we were in at press. Timing <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is everything. Blatant I found. Stuff. Yeah, but it it was the blatant descent stuff. But there are notebooks right. in there that are really kind of right. cool. You've got you've got the lyrics pasted side by side with what you wrote and what you marked up when you were recording, which mm-hmm. changed because of the song. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of, those. Those are I, I think those are pretty cool. And then but, the- yeah, Probably I mean, maybe not something to share anyway, because in tar fashion, you should leave people like wondering about shit. <laughs> well, so you hit on an important thing, right? That like that's kind of like a thing that that band was known for. It's like the certain era of mystery, or just a, you know, whether it was purposeful or just, you know, that's not nobody needs that. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's, you don't need it, right? But I have all the I have a. Um, so I wrote the notes based on a lot of it was based on notes I took during back in the day, and I have notebooks. Yeah, Mike was great at tour diaries and stuff um, like that. That's awesome. That was, so that I mean, yeah, because and the package is amazing. Like it's a real, um, you know, it's a treat for the fans to be able to like go through and kind of like time travel back to the days of zines and. Yeah, I always had. <laughs> I always had a camera in somebody's face when we were on tour. Yeah. So there were there's like eighty percent of the photos of me are flipping you off. <laughs> yeah. Not, not sure it's not ninety. <laughs> everybody, it's like not, put a camera on them and it's not, like not my finest hour. <laughs> yeah, so this is what it is. So yeah, the Conan, the all of the art. I mean, Mike should be commended because it wasn't just we took a great the original job. art and tweaked it, but like it. it was all lost to the sands of time so mm. it was all recreated um and we couldn't recreate roundhouse so we reimagined it i was gonna say that seemed almost more reimagined than recreated that he took mm-hmm. the words out of my mouth and and that's that's interesting mm-hmm. in and of itself too because you know when you think about reissues and looking back at things uh, and memory right memory is not always the most reliable narrator uh mine isn't <laughs> what 
Yeah, that roundhouse photograph was a slide, so there's no backup, and it's gone forever. Ring. So it was scan the old cover and try to improve it, which you could do. Or, you know, get our friend who's an excellent photographer and uh, have him go take a really cool shot of a uh, grade crossing for the CTA. Yeah. Which is what the triangles are. Yeah, yeah. And and there's something of a history for that, especially for bands of that era. I mean, I think back Arch of Loaf kind of did something similar with some of their reissues, you know, where it's like, oh, it's like, you know, these are... It's like references the original somehow, but like it's, yeah. like, oh, it's a painting this time or like whatever, you know. Like that's that's always kind of cool to see. Uh, were you pretty excited, Mike, to just finally have usage for that stuff in the shoebox in the closet? That was cool. It was exciting to um, have them printed right for the first time ever. Other than other than Handsome, which came out really nice the first time. The other two, um, you know, all. Respect to uh, <laughs> Amphetamine Reptile, but those printing job on two of those records was not uh, up to snuff. And that was kind of my thing even back then was being a graphic artist. So I knew that, the, you know, the art was made correctly. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and it's like... Sorry, Hayes. <laughs> but uh, he knew. I mean, it wasn't like... <laughs> It was that, you know, to AMRAP, it was like, well, the, what are you making a record for? For a cover or for like a record? So good point. <laughs> Valid point. But, you know, it was nice to have another crack at those. And I was out of work most of that last year. So kind of synced up that I could spend a shit ton of time on it. Yeah. So it was uh, something that allowed for a lot of time suddenly. Right? Yep. Exactly. Not sure if the viewers are aware, but <laughs> there's a thing Mike. I happen. can send you a whole box full of uh, tar press clippings from the time I joined the band. Like I have an entire box. Oh, really? Stuff. Yeah, I do. Scan some of that. Put it on the page. Yeah, I can just send it to you. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I mean, it's like a forty-pound box. Of yeah, stuff. I. <laughs> I think part of this effort was, you know, it even. Um, it felt very much like a DIY thing. I mean, we were. Yeah. working with Henry who's you know put out a lot of records you know himself but as much as we could we were doing it you know ourselves and in Chicago so you know Bob did the mastering or remastering <clears throat> and Smash Plastic did the pressing brilliant Smash um, Plastic yes, of, course, place. of course no one you know prints jackets in Chicago and <laughs> we were entertained to learn that apparently you still print them with Ross Ellis in Canada. Uh, after all these years, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, all right, well, because at one point we were like, let's just make everything in Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, there used to be lots of printing in Chicago, but. Um, yeah. Think like fireproof and, uh, you know, like uh, this, all the. We did talk to Steve a little bit at um, Screwball, Walters. Steve Walters. Yeah, we were talking to him a little bit about how to get a box made, but he didn't do die cuts, so mm-hmm. that went to Henry. Yeah, that was a pain in the butt. When did you guys first run into Owens? When was that? Kyber Pass, I think. Yeah, he came in eighty-eight, nine. Oh, really? That early, huh? Yeah, he had seen really. 
I just heard a great Kyber yeah, no. Pass story the other night, um, unrelated to us, but there was a jerk sound man um, who cut Sally Timms and Mark Rebo off, and the crowd like went after him <laughs> <laughs> and wanted to beat him up. Um, they played like two songs, and sound man's like, "You got 15 more minutes." Um, anyway, <laughs> Kyber was always a great place and a bit raucous. I love playing there, um, and I think that's where we met Henry. Um, I don't, I don't know the distance from York, Pennsylvania to Philly, but it was within Henry's radius. Well, and he's always been a very, as long as I've known him, he's been a big proponent of tar and uh, a big booster and supporter. You know, like he's he's flying the tar flag even when there's no tar activity, really. And uh, you know what? That's true. Yeah, I mean he he was the adjutant that got us to do the. Um, double album of odds and ends and seven inches and stuff. And that took, I don't know, three, four years to uh, happen. That was a lot of work, too. <laughs> so you guys you guys seem to be into all these things that require lots and lots of work. <laughs> well, Mike and John did most of the work here. <laughs> From what I can tell, putting the, you know, getting everything packaged and shipped out, I, I wish I could have helped them. Uh, I have to applaud those guys for all their effort to uh, getting the record out to everybody. So, thank yeah. you. <laughs> You're welcome. It was a, it was a appropriate COVID-related pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> but it was great that that first run went um, so quickly. Yeah, I think most of that was John and driving the car i kind of got to sequester myself and just make artwork and let john deal with all the really harsh stuff like the you know everything that goes into a making a record that's yeah, not fun the pressing, <laughs> exactly, the pressing details the graphic design the proofs the the graphic that stuff's fun to me and even though it was took a long time it was not you know i don't dread doing that stuff yeah i mean the again it was like Holy sh crap! We're we're not doing a reissue. We're doing four reissues. <laughs> well, it just the, the the scope and scale of it is is what really I think is impressive. That like it's it's comprehensive, right? And and it's not that the band doesn't deserve a comprehensive overview. In fact, if anything, the band absolutely deserves it. But it, as breathtaking as the output is, the the amount of work put into it is e equally, if not more, breathtaking. Uh, yeah, and, and, it was a labor of love. That's for sure. So then playing these shows, you know, playing the shows uh, with Shellac, doing the All Tomorrow's Impeachment, so on and so on. Has a, Shellac. You... <laughs> Who didn't play it? Yeah, with Shellac. Oh, the All Tomorrow's Impeachment. Yeah, that's right. They did. That's right. They had to cancel out. That, that was the yeah, she heard his shoulder or something. Yeah. Or something I, forgot like that. I totally forgot about that until yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, but like playing all the shows and and you got the old heads, you got the folks from from way back when, right? And then you have also folks that never saw you play, or like folks that you know maybe you know and are familiar with now, or even had lifetimes of friendships with, and you know it's like, hey, this is, I'm going to do this thing that's very familiar to me, but maybe you've never seen it. Uh, were there any kind of interesting experiences uh, with that as far as far as you know uh, temporal whiplash? Or whatnot, doing doing like stuff that's like the in a lot of cases older songs in a contemporary environment. Well, I, I don't know about the music. I'll, I'll have to think about that. But um, 
you're, you're right about people coming to see us who had never seen us. And that was that 17. So whatever, four years. Um, there was, there's one guy in particular from the general Atlanta region who showed up at the, um, the bottom lounge shows and he had, I think driven up his name's Sinley. And he was like, uh, he was a little, um, well, he was very energetic and enthusiastic, which was awesome. Um, and it just, you know, struck by like how much we could mean to someone who never saw us, who we'd never met before. And we, you know, folded up the tent in 95. So that was pretty cool to like, um, what is that? 17 years later. Yeah. Um, have wow. people who were like, you know, what, what you're doing is, you know, really meaningful to me, which is really, um, really touching. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice thing. <laughs> right. It's very flattering. <laughs> uh, Tom, do you have any, any specific remembrances or are you just, you know, trying to hold the angle with having the least FaceTime with anyone? <laughs> I'll just hold the angle. <laughs> but actually, you know, uh, speaking of Sin Lee, actually, one day I, I opened my mailbox and they have this box for me. And I open it and I'm like, what on earth sent me? I'm not, I'm not expecting anything. I open it, there's a knit wool hat with a tar logo on it from you know the TWA one. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one with the diamond pattern on it. And yeah. then he sent me something else. I can't remember what it was. That's awesome. But like, I never met the guy, and he sends me like a box full of tar stuff that he made himself. Like he programmed the CNC machine to like, you know, knit a hat and you know, like you know put the stitching in the hat for you know. <laughs> it was pretty impressive, you know. Yeah, that, I mean that's it was, that's it was very flattering. You know, somebody would do something like that for you. That that's yeah, a I, that's a labor of love. I, yeah, I, I think some of that going into the box set and the reason, like, because we were like, oh, well, those records aren't available. We should reissue them and it was like well okay so that would be cool and then like sort of playing it out right it's like well if we had four records that's like a box we should do a box set that's (laughs) insane um and um thinking that there would be people that would appreciate it and you know i hope to god that (laughs) enough people will will acquire it that we break even on it and um you know when it all at least the initial run sold so quickly. It was really, um, really nice. It was humbling, frankly. Well, I will worry. add and a plug <laughs> that now that we have a second uh, uh, reissuance underway, there is still 150 available. Um, so so. Get a, we'll get that protonic reversal bump, and then it'll yeah, sort yeah. everything out for you. <laughs> and I'm not seeing any comments in the chat. That's oh, because man. I'm now broadcasting all, on like 17 different things like an idiot instead of is having... It, is it just us? It's really just us? No, no, no. There's there's plenty of people listening and, and viewing, but it's like some are on YouTube, some are on Twitch. Do you guys, are you guys know Twitch? Do you guys Twitch at all? My, uh, my wife's very familiar with it. My wife works with them, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's all pretty new, but I'm, I'm starting to question the sanity of like streaming into everything all at once because it basically means there's like one or two people in each thing and that's uh, right whatever but that's either here nor there <laughs> I, I watched some twitch shows during covid times nice uh so having nothing to do with twitch uh <laughs> the and we'll talk about the incoming protonic bump right uh yeah bring it 
they, so how, folks, these are all, it seems to me, like kind of direct mail order, uh, largely, um, you know, Bandcamp, uh, modern services, things that didn't really exist when the band was around the first time. Do you, I mean, I, I would always appreciate the perspective of folks that were around and doing the work before this stuff existed versus now and mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the, the challenges therein i can't remember john and mike i can't remember if we talked about this last time or not but if we did we're just gonna re- repeat it and that's okay because people learn by repetition anyway i don't remember either yeah it's, i i barely <clears> remember <throat> what happened last week let alone what happened last time you guys were on the show <laughs> but uh mike why don't you why don't you start off this time then we can kind of how, how do you feel about like the modern avenues of distribution versus you know how stuff was back in the day and whatnot and being able to reach people things like that is it easier harder same I guess it's easier. I guess it's much easier to me. It seems much easier. Um, we really only do Facebook, right? Which is kind of like, okay, <clears> thanks. You have a presence much, on, on some of the other Instagram. things. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it exists. Well, and there's, you know. There's, See, I, don't even, I didn't even know that. But that's Facebook. There, there's, yeah, it is. And then there's the YouTube channel that you created. Yeah. That I don't do anything with. Well, I guess I should talk to my kids more, or Jackie maybe would be able to <laughs> teach us about Twitch. Right? Well, that's Tom's uh, wonderful right. way. Well, yeah. th- this show and our 14 subscribers on Twitch uh, really are a true success stories. So. <laughs> well, I, I will, reflecting on the um, ascendancy of Noblo Records, um, you know, if you're a small label selling records, distributors is a pain in the butt yeah and um so going direct through Bandcamp is wonderful right i mean you know you sell stuff and a day later you're told or the day you're told and then two days later you know poof there's money from paypal um so that's great right i mean that like uh you know for the individual records of this release we're using a distributor but you know the distributor needs to buy them at half of what retail is going to be, right? Because every you know everybody's got to get paid, right? The supply chain, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, fine, you know, if a record, an LP should be twenty five dollars when someone buys it at a store, you can't sell it to a distributor for more than half of that, right? Right. But if we were doing that with the boxes we'd lose money on every box. So <laughs> yeah, so not recommended. But, yeah, no, right. Terrible yeah. idea. What, what we lose in margin, we'll here. make up for in quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's no distribution of the boxes, but you know, yeah, shipping costs suck, but you know, what really sucks is selling things at a loss when you don't have to. <laughs> right. Um, and it's all self-finance. So like, I mean, labor of love is one thing, but, you know, giving people stuff is burning, you know, taking out thousands of dollars and lighting it on fire and throwing it out the window is another deal entirely, (laughs) (laughs) which I I don't recommend. Yeah. AKA being in a band these days. Yeah. Yeah. So like, (laughs) I I mean, I think, (laughs) I don't think a lot of like the music industry, uh, you know, I love record stores. I'm fortunate to have one nearby and I go there and I buy records and, Sometimes, you know, I'm like, I can just go buy this on Bandcamp. But, like, I want that record store to exist. Right. right. But, like... Because uh, like if they if, all go away, then if, there won't be any left. 
Yeah, and you know all the community and stuff of like you know I mean Mike and I met at a newspaper in college when we were both writing record reviews, um, and you know occasions like that or bumping into someone, you know flipping through the stacks and you're like that's a really good record, like I don't know how that stuff happens if there aren't record stores, you know people are gonna nerd out on you know, band camp chats or something. I, I don't know. Maybe they do. But so I, it, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's a, it's a crappy industry that in one way has deservedly crumbled. Um, on the other hand, like something needs to exist to help bands get the, the word out. Well, and so, and it seems like that's like one of the differences between then and now as well is that like, Bands like yourself, you know, showed that, hey, you can do this. And now everybody is. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> For yeah. Better, or better or worse. And that's, there's more good stuff. There's more terrible stuff. And there's a lot more stuff in between. A lot more reissues. Um, yeah. Which is right. I mean, and if it's better in some way, I think that's great. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I mean, right. So we're in this, uh, I don't know the we is what musicians or maybe it's us specifically that um you know lead times are so long and it's so hard to get stuff pressed yeah. i mean even our repress which is simpler right because we don't need to cut lacquers and get stampers but um you know smash plastic and good for them thank goodness are just busy as hell um so our early december um expected you know receipt has been pushed to late January. So, you know, I guess that's good for them, but you know, something, something's going on. And the other good news is people still want like music in their, in their hand. They want the tactile, almost art piece, even though they can listen to music in any other format. It's kind of what it seems like to me. Well, it's a bit fetishized. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, this might be a little off topic. I don't know if you guys heard about this, Maybe a couple of years ago, I think in California during one of the wildfires out here, one of the big printing presses uh, for vinyl records just got demolished, which printed most of the records in the United States. I That's think. right. I forgot about so that. So yeah. a place like Smash Plastic has got to be going bang, gangbusters Rainbow? because of that. Uh, no, I think they closed, though, for some reason. I, I want to say they Rainbow did, but they were... They're, they're they're right by where you know my my in laws live. <laughs> they're like in Studio City. Wow! But uh, I can't remember if they're still around. But yeah, the the company that had a bunch of the printing like the to make vinyl records, the, the yeah. things got melted in the fire. Yeah, that was the uh, there was a thing in Rolling Stone about that. Um, yeah, and I'm trying I'm trying to remember the name of it and it totally drawing a blank. But uh, yeah, they were saying that as a result, getting vinyl records is going to like take even longer because of that because it's the, the lacquers right it, was, it wasn't the yeah. vinyl itself it was the lacquers yeah i can't remember which it was something but yeah, yeah it, it's something that's really gonna hold up the process you know well yeah, i mean smash plastics going gangbusters and they've added yeah. a second um press and they're adding a third but mm. that's not going to be online anytime soon right going to new transport reversal brought to you by smash plastic 
<laughs> for all your metal <laughs> manufacturing needs, apparently. Who, who've been who've been great. I mean, yeah, they've, I, they've been really, really wonderful. I mean, this show like, and, doesn't you know, have sponsors, but they're they're badass. So yeah, like I, I, I'm joking, but they are absolutely badass. But don't everybody yeah, go I to think, them? I think that's another. I don't know if it's a change, but um, it's certainly different. Like you know, one that we're doing it ourselves, but the second part is that the people who are in the other parts of the manufacturing process are like fans of the music. I mean, I remember, yes. you know, the 12 inch tar and even the seven inch, you know, it's like you put your tape in the mail and, you know, write a note as clear as you can make it <laughs> about, you know, here's how we want this mastered and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then cross your fingers that the test pressing doesn't suck. It's like, then it's you like, get what you get. You know, it's like you're going to call someone up. It's like a message yeah. in a bottle, practically, you know, like, like well, hopefully yeah. this works out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you know, Smash Plastic, the, you know, the founders are available and, you know, it's like. And they're fans of music, which is yeah. nice. And, 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 you know, you would think at one would be point, a prerequisite, but... they, you know, came by and brought, um, I don't know, some jackets and sleeves or something to, like to my house. <laughs> which is you know a lot different from you know someone in nashville or cincinnati uh, my dog wants to say hi oh okay hey, hey. what's up puppers hello there's the star of the doesn't show. sound too happy star of the show right there <laughs> i heard what you were saying i don't like it <laughs> it's like whatever get away from me yeah so, so maybe that will be the i don't know silver lining is that there will be more music centered um manufacturers along along the way well and it always struck me that it seemed like tar was a band very much of its community that community evolved and changed right that you had uh bands that you had common cause with and while everybody sort of had a unique identity and did their own thing, there was definitely fellow travelers. I'm thinking of like poster children, right? Like as as, as an example. Wish I could have seen them on Friday, but uh, could heard it was heard it was great. Yeah. Um, and then I, I know that you know some people some people stay with it, some people don't, right? So like, is it interesting, kind of? seeing who's stuck with it and who hasn't and like what crossovers and corollaries there are. I mean, is that, it's kind of a vague question, but basically like folks that still play music or like do it at any appreciable level and engaging with them like now, like while doing this versus just being regular humans necessarily. Pretty broad based question. Could, I understand. Could you restate the question as a question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what, yeah. What, what, so what's it like being a, a band from that era and making music now? while also having the uh oh i guess tom didn't care for that one <laughs> that must have been an accident I'm he's like i'm out of here <laughs> he'll be back he'll be back uh he comes back you know you know just just uh community like you know bands some bands are still around some bands have come back since then um you know we're do you feel yeah. like Tar's place in the world is the same as it was before? Are you even thinking about that at all? Like, what's what, what's the temperature I, of the Tar? I have no idea what it is. I, I think of us as, um, and I, I don't mean this in a negative way right now, uh, that we're sort of like a zombie band, which is that we're not dead, 
but we're not really alive. Um, I mean, you know, we're not actively writing new music. Um, I, I think that part of what carries the day and perhaps is why we want to keep doing stuff is that we enjoy what we play and we enjoy playing with each other. And, and that also, you know, rings true back to the earliest days of, you know, DIY stuff, right? You know, pre indie rock where it's like, you're doing the stuff for yourself because you believe in it or it gives you deep satisfaction. Um, I'll add personally that I think, and it isn't a regret, but a mistake or miscalculation was that I like aged out of music personally. And so for a long time, didn't play anything or touch any instruments or have any, I don't know, inclination. And I mean, a, a long time, I don't know, 17 years or something. And, you know, I regret that um, because I am playing music now and, you know, find it to be super enjoyable and one of the, you know, most satisf satisfying parts of my my life. So, you know, I, I think there's a bit of like, you know, can you find enjoyment and, uh, I don't know, energy or something in music as you get older yeah and you know and i i would now say well yeah that's a dumb question to even even <laughs> contemplate uh and you got it wrong john um but you know i figured it out so i'm glad to be much more active with music do you feel that the value of it has uh, changed or like uh hit differently now versus the back then <laughs> he's back he's back he's back uh and that that's that's for uh that's for all you guys like as far as the, the relationship with like you know the songs and the audience and, and doing it like does it hit differently now that, than it used to or is it kind of more just like a muscle memory sort of like oh yeah this thing this thing that we did do the live stuff feels about the same the the rehearsals kind of are to me, funner, and that's always been, I think, my take from being in a band is like Lord. is where it's at. And uh, but as far as Tar goes, just like playing live once we got to the actual show, it kind of felt like a car show, pretty much. Um, when Tom was there, it didn't not so much when uh, we did a few in Atlanta a few years ago, and Tom wasn't able to come. That was more like playing the show. What's happening over there, Tom? You all right? Uh, I cut my leg somehow and I'm bleeding all over the place. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, damn. I'll be fine. I just like grab my leg. Like, why have I got blood over my leg? I like this. Uh, I like the POV shot here, though. <laughs> there's, there's some, got some real time drama going on. That's a. Uh, yeah, I can show you the blood. Score going. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, it's not so bad. But but much more recently, uh, John and I have been playing together and writing songs and stuff with a couple other friends, and that has the same vibe as back in the day for me. Right. And that that's also it's a different thing than what Tar is now. Tar right now is like old friends. I think being able to hang out and do stuff again intermittently and trying to get it back to respecting what the songs were. 
Well, and I, I want to talk about that too, but Tom, um, you were busy injuring yourself during uh, this, this very vague <laughs> question. But uh, basically, <laughs> exactly. Uh, has has your relationship with the music changed, uh, or, or you know the the audience or any other aspect of it? Especially considering the fact that you know you're the one helicoptering in for this stuff, right? So it's an idea um, until you get into the same room to a certain degree. Well, the thing that's uh... That always catches me the most is when we play is how loud we actually are in the room. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I always forgot, wow, we were that loud in a room. Um, and it seems like the last couple of times we practiced, the room seemed smaller than ever. And it yeah. seemed louder than ever. Um, but uh, I think that was really the only thing that kind of really threw me um, because I wasn't used to that to playing um, with people again, I hadn't really been playing music with people for quite a while, maybe 15 years. So, um, to get back together with those guys was really fun. Um, I just wish I had a little more time to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I wasn't so far away to, you know, uh, to get there and to do it because it'd be more fun to do it a little more often. That visceral feeling of being in a room with everybody playing pretty loud and, Tom's right. Our last that rehearsal space for the last time we played with Tom, we were within five feet, like three feet of each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's a small room. Yeah, you, you and we were still at about eleven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, in that in that way, you know, I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking back to the the fantastic story. I do remember this one of how you guys end up on the bill with Caius. You know, there's lots of other bands that did that as well even though you guys did it in your own way i'm sure they were louder <laughs> wait there's a story there uh we played the, with the dwarves and caius and us played in uh, san francisco, san francisco. Mm-hmm. i don't remember those guys too much i just remember the dwarves like you know trashing the place when they're done <laughs> typical dwarves <laughs> behavior. standard fair yeah <laughs> I thought they were nice guys. Yeah, they were actually. Despite the fact they were very entertaining. You know? And if you're trying to unload one of those dinky little PB things, uh, didn't Josh Hom just, uh, however you say his name, didn't he just drive Josh up some of those little PB combo amps? I think he did, if I remember correctly. You know, it's funny is uh, I don't know why I had my uh, when Josh. I had my furniture shop when I was making furniture um, his band the Queens of Stone Age used to pray, practice next to us and when those guys got kicked out of there I took over their space and made my shop bigger <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they were actually very nice guys you know yeah I thought they were nice yeah that's when uh, were, were you Conan you were out on the west coast at, at that point right Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, only have been in the Midwest probably for the past like three and a half years. So yeah. one of the reasons why I never actually saw you guys play until the reunions, personally. Um, ah, okay. So I was familiar, but I just I wasn't familiar enough. I mean, my with the concept. <laughs> no, I feel I like I just didn't know the records until it was like I said, the first one I got was over and out. Yeah. Right. So and then I was like, oh, these guys are great, and I missed the boat again. Same. <laughs> Same thing happened with Drive Like Jehu. You know, there's a whole like laundry list of bands that I've been able to catch. But you were younger, right, at that point? 
I was younger then than I was now. Yes, you were correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're only on that now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like it today. But uh, I mean, yeah. missing the boat. You were probably like sixteen or seventeen or something when that was happening. W- without an internet as we know it now. And right. I, basically, my world changed when I started working at the record store, even though it wasn't a cool record store at all. Uh, and I got turned on to all these fantastic bands. It just was like right as most of them were breaking up. Henceforth, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. that show you guys played at Helium was the first time I'd ever seen you play. And I was I was ecstatic. It was awesome because I knew wow. all the records, you know, I knew all the songs. And I was like, wow, this is fan- I never thought I'd get to see this band. That's awesome. That was a uh, I remember that one being a. Uh... A lot of nerves because it had been so long because that was was that the that was the first one that's it that, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was 17 years was that the uh i think i cajoled everything or something like yeah. that yeah. Yeah. yeah okay yeah that's oh, yeah yeah how, how's how's the first strum of the first song for that that first song we nailed it was trauma yeah no no yeah yeah that was good it was that like was really good. Oh, damn we could still do that yeah i remember afterwards uh maybe it was a joke that it took me several years to realize albini was like look like you guys were having fun up there oh man <laughs> brutal i was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> We're showing 17 years and he's busting on us within 10 uh, seconds of the last note ringing out. You, you can always, one of my favorite replies is that, um, that, that the, the, the singer for that band Creed, which I find like just, you know, like ear cancer, but it says, it said, uh, thanks for the words. Thanks <laughs> for the words. Not the nice words. The <laughs> yeah, thanks words. for the words. Yeah, just like that. That was stuck in my mind. Yeah. I thought it was great. I had never. I didn't have anything to base it off of. I thought it was fantastic. I, I remember um, we were setting up or something, and they were projecting Twitter feeds on the walls. Yes. And someone posted something saying, "Wow, these guys are really old." <laughs> <laughs> Which what is that twelve? So that's that's nine years ago now. Yeah, that, so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're all in our to be generous, our mid fifties. We're ac- exiting middle age. Hey, I've already had part of my colon removed. You know, <laughs> that's when you know it's real. Hopefully, it's the part you don't need. Exactly. <laughs> Well, but then like so there's but there's also something to be said for the fact that like listening to the the remaster of, of Jackson, which is fantastic, and by the way, everyone can get that. Um, it's like what 180 gram vinyl, right? I mean, it's, it's like it's like an audiophile. That's right. Pressing. Yeah, we, slab of colored wax. We yeah. spared no expense. I can vouch for that. And and again, just if you're remotely a fan in any way, shape, or form, it's absolutely worth getting. For the love of God, purchase. <laughs> And and if you have, thank you. (laughs) And if you haven't, it makes a great gift, as Al Franken used to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I should be invoking Al Franken. It's the giving time of the year, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Uh, But, you know, like, again, and not just to harp on the one record, but, I mean, I think think Jackson came across, like, really well. Like, I think think, uh, Roundhouse probably... I think you're right, John. I think that probably wins the most improved award. But I, I think there's there's some songs that like didn't do it for me on my like CD that I got at like Amoeba, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is good. Like this 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 
this cooks this this has more uh, presence or whatever it is the mastering does hmm. you know? <laughs> I, I yeah. think we all would agree that Jackson and probably over and out were the high water marks would you guys agree with that yeah. that's what it is for me so I, I understand when people are like oh Jackson like and I'm not trying to be to my own horn but that's probably my favorite as well I, I, I think I'm more in the um, parent view. Like, it's hard to pick your favorite child. Pick your child. favorite kid, yeah. Because um, they, you know, they represent different times and different parts of the band. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I guess the good news is none of them are a, you know, embarrassing mistake. But, you know, first record, clearly you're figuring things out. Second record, you got more figured out, hopefully. Um, you know, and, and the big changes with Jackson, you know, Tom at the top of the list and then a consistent rehearsal space for the love of God. Yeah. Why is that so hard? Um, <laughs> is a, is a big deal. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy people have a favorite record, but I kind of think of the band in its entirety. Yeah, like one, so, one like one like long through line. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's a fair like fair question when someone's like, "Oh yeah, I heard about them. Where should I start?" Yeah. Which I would quickly say, "Well, the reissued box Handsome. set would be a great yeah. place to start." <laughs> yeah, it's available for a very reasonable price. <laughs> yeah, there's 150 <laughs> left. Please, um, it makes a nice gift for Valentine's. <laughs> well, I think that like it's. And Christmas. Birthdays. Ship by then. President's days right around the corner, my friends. <laughs> Start your shopping now. Yeah. Uh, well, but it's but it occurs to me too that like that's been the idea. The box set has sort of been socialized just by word of mouth, right? Like yeah. it, it, it's something where again, it's a big world right now. Like even just, just taking the music part of it there's so much stuff that's happening like all the time, always like it's, it can be kind of hard to even get a, get a purchase on stuff. But I mean, in my world, it was like, that was like huge news that when you guys did that, I was like, Holy crap, that's amazing. <laughs> our, our marketing juggernaut was in full form. I mean, I feel like we're <laughs> slogging it for months on Facebook and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's the upside downside. Like, how do you get the word out? And the yeah. other hand is like, well, there's, sit here in your home office and make posts, posts on the put up pictures of guitar picks and pressing plant videos and blah 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 yeah that's 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 new going on tour apparently uh <laughs> hey, that works it's I such a weird works. time because it, of that yeah you just can't do that now and and at our age we can't do it even if covid or not yeah so. it's you know that lives are just gotten getting away right now for I think for us that, at least for me that's my thing. Is there ever uh, and and I'd like to get an answer from everyone. How, how do you pick a set? Like when you guys do a set, like how do you? Is it just like whatever stuff you thought you played best live back in the day? Like are you giving a thought now towards like well we should play some some stuff off this record? This reissue came out. Like how do you pick the songs? Well, I think a new part is what can we play? <laughs> um, 
What can we remember how to play? Yeah, honestly, like that's a bit of it. And like, you know, given time constraints, like, you know, to Mike's comment earlier about the all tomorrow's impeachment shows, like, I, I feel like the second of the two things were falling into place and there was times where I was like, man, if we had like a week of shows, we could figure a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, to me, it, it's a combo of stuff we can play, <laughs> humbly, uh, and some kind of mix across the periods of tar. I mean, it begs the question of why don't you guys just play Jackson live from start to finish? It's a fair question. Um, it's probably a good way to move some units. And an answer <laughs> might be Gerta, um, but if the thumb is still up, I'd take that on. Tom. Yeah, see that that's an inside joke for Tar. I'm not a big fan of Garita Live. It's one of our songs for yeah. people who right. dozen people out there who may or may not know that one. Or, or may uh, not have ever heard it spoken aloud. Yeah. 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 Well that's I don't know. Am I you even saying it right? Am I saying it right, Garita? Yes. No, I'd say it. Would it be because your 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 foot's on the kick drum the whole time going do 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 from start to finish? Honestly, it is about me. It's a selfish reason. I never friggin' played that song well. Interesting. So, well, being me hearing you play, I'd say it's a hard song right to play. Here, if you guys want to play that album live, I'm on, I'm here for it. I'll, I will do my best on that song. <laughs> I hope you're recording this. You heard, you, I was going to say, you heard it here first, folks. You can at it. <laughs> you heard so, it here. So there you go. Tar shows, we do two sets. One is Jackson, and the other is Dealer's Choice. Two sets. Wait a minute. Oh, two. Is, is that actually how you say that? Is it? It's called. It's Goethe. Is how you pronounce that? Goethe. Yeah. The German Goethe. philosophizer. Yeah. I, I should. I should know that because I took three years of the of the language. And the, I think to me one of the meanings of that song is that in Chicago there's a street called Goethe and nobody says it the same way. You hear Goeth, Goethe, Getty, Goeth, Goethe, Goethe. Like uh, that one version Pizza of Institute. Uh, that's right. That's true. There's that one version of because uh, there's, there's a... different cities called Paris, and there's one of them where they just call it Pear, like it's in like South yeah. Dakota or something. I can't yeah. remember so, oh. Alabama or something. There's, there's Cairo, Illinois. Yeah. And so, you do not say Cairo. You say Cairo. Cairo. Uh, yes, instead of Cairo. Some right. pronounce Gerta as Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Well, but getting, so getting back to the song selection and, and after the breaking news of the impending uh, Jackson and its entirety set, uh, Tom, Tom, again, you're coming at this from perspective of you're not with the rest of the guys. So do you have to, like, pick when – you, when you're picking the songs, is do you, like, take that into account of, like, all right, what's what can I get to speed on the quickest? Uh, that's usually helpful. <laughs> it's what can I remember? Yeah. Um, but you know, like I said before, for me, really, if I just uh, if I know we're going to play, like usually, what we'll do is we'll kind of say, "Well, what about we'll, we'll all put out a list and we'll yay or nay them all." Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, sometimes there's been a couple times. Maybe I think I've thrown a couple songs out there or got shot down, but. Most of the times when everybody puts a song on and says, we want to do that, how about this one? We all usually say yes. 
So, um, but usually, yeah, it's mostly what can I really remember the easiest because there's some songs to be going down a well. <laughs> I don't know where I'd get if I'd come back yeah. out if I really tried to figure them out because, you know, they're just so complicated. Some of them, like, they had like such subtle nuances to them that. It would it would drive me crazy to try to remember it all, <laughs> and, and then yeah, like what are the, what's the result? I mean, the, the phrase right. the phrase that I always use, not mine, but it's it's a thousand mile walk in the desert for an ice cream cone, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I might be able to figure it out, but then do all of us come? You know, yeah. Congrats. Then is, do we all do we all of us come together? And does it does it stay melted or does it you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's, right. so it, it so it feels like there has to be like decisions made, right. Right. And, and, and I think that that's something that I think that that's important with because uh, you mentioned John like being like a zombie band. Right. Like the fact there's not really. And this is this is my, my pivot towards a excellent question in the chat, which is that is there is there any chance of any new tar material? Is that going to be a thing that potentially could could happen? Well, I think my so my background to the answer is. Uh, to not underestimate either the possibilities or desire and to be, I guess, open and accepting of things that may be. Um, so to that, I would say, yeah, why not? Um, Tom wrote one about a year ago or two, I believe. I'm always writing red. <laughs> he sent it around and then we just haven't gotten back together since then. Right. So. There's yeah. nothing been done with that. Oh, did anything happen? Is there a reason why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's mostly distance. And, and, and you the know, pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic. Yeah, pandemic, pandemic really kind of. But mostly uh, distance. Tom is right. We could. Well, I think it, it's double distance, right? Because Mark's a couple hours south of us, and that's not right. realistic. Right. I mean, you know, interestingly, Mark and I, or Mike and I, are, what, five minutes from each other right now? Um. I don't know why we're not in the same room. Well, I, I know why. Um, well, you know, I don't like to go into that, but. So, so my hope is certainly that we play some shows again. And, yeah. you know, Conan, you know that we had planned to play your um You were going to play Caterwall. Yeah. And uh, Caterwall is on for 2022. We, so. Threw our hat back in the ring. Everyone, May. everyone, cross your fingers and uh, watch out for the Omicron. But I think it's there. There's at least a precedent for folks having done things on that scale now. That I you know, like Conan, that we were talking amongst ourselves. You may want to just bring this thing to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, I think with Gus. I think for all concerned, that would be better. I mean, come on now, you're there. We're practically there. Mike was there yesterday. I mean. What? Look, it's easier for me, but this is this is a partnership. It isn't a Kona Neutron Enterprise exclusively. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> do we get a vote? You want me to talk to somebody? <laughs> okay, let's get a let's get a quorum, and then uh, somebody will uh, make a, make a motion. Somebody has to second the motion. Last uh, shows, there's a question in the chat. Last shows we played before COVID. I would say that was the 2017. Where's this chat? You can, you can see it on the uh, it's the, in the web browser. Yeah, in this in the Space Age web browser, there's the private chat, we, and then there's the we uh, we played played uh, three shows that were really part of a birthday party for a friend, and um, uh, unfortunately Tom wasn't there, so I don't really think of those as tar shows. Um, so that was in 2018. 
So 2017 was the last time all four of us were performing together. God, is it, was, it that, was it that long ago? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, we've been in two years of deep freeze. <laughs> that was at Bottom Lounge in Chicago. Yeah, it was the last. That was the last show we that, all played together. That was August. the All Tomorrow's Impeachment. So we talked about it at least four yeah. times. I think yeah. uh, that was, and that was with um, okay, let's see, Poster Children, Nonagain, Bearclaw, because Grizzly right. Bear, were Bearclaw, I think. Bearclaw was on that. Uh, Lardo, Lardo. Uh, and uh, Poison Arrows. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Whose latest record is fantastic? Oh, Dianoga. Oh, Dianoga. Yes, cool. one one night. Yeah, right. can't forget that. We filled Good the one. bingo card of who played that show without <laughs> without cheating. <laughs> I have that hanging up over here. Uh, the Put your camera over there. So, but it's, it's interesting that you guys are in this position where there's there's again folks like myself that never got a chance to see it the first time and uh, are interested in it and maybe even interested enough to buy the box set. Copy's still available, uh, and but is. Y'all have lives. It's expensive to go play these shows. There's a lot of uh, effort, even just to get everybody in the same room because of, because of distance. Mm-hmm. Like, is the idea? You know, do you have any sort of adventure based concepts that like you can think of that of like you know people that immediately start clamoring the second a band starts playing? Oh, go play Bolivia. You know, play Sicily. Okay, okay yeah. You know, we're we're trying to play a song right now. Thank you. <laughs> Well, it seems like out of equity, we ought to head to the West Coast and play in Tom's neck of the woods. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, we had, we you would we have just, to travel for once. Just, yeah, we just tend to make. <laughs> you guys can come here. <laughs> so that would be nice. I think the whether it was the 2012 shows or the 17 or even I'll asterisk the 18 was. Part of what made it fun was it wasn't just like, hey, we're playing it, and no offense, but, you know, Sudsies on a Tuesday night to <laughs> 50 people. Because, um, you know, my life is too short for that. Um, but around? I, I, I don't know. Pick a I name. Sorry. Uh, toads. Um, but, like, to do something that's like an event that has, you know, some sort of special quality to it. Um, cause that's fun. And, and then of course, playing with your friends and hopefully, yeah. you know, one is our friends in our band and then the other is friends in bands that, you know, we enjoy and like, um, that, uh, 2017 all tomorrow's impeachments. Part of it was playing with the poster children and, right. you know, hopefully playing with shellac, but you know, can't fault Steve. He legitimately broke his collarbone. Yeah, there's there's not much. Apparently, you can do <laughs> although we went to Europe and played shows a couple weeks later. But you know, we're not judging. No. <laughs> or or keeping track. Apparently, yeah. yeah. If he prefers to go to Europe than play with Tar, that's his the choice, yeah. right? But but when you're doing, you know, like that was an event with what? Can we say the worst president in American history? I think that's a fair um, bet. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and and then our friends bands. Um, that was a lot of fun. And and then the 2012 thing uh, was fun, the PRF deal. Um, and then later that summer we played, was it just one show? The show yeah, was Shellac? Like, yeah, I think there was one. Yeah, and that was Shellac's 20th, 
15th anniversary something and we were in the old chicago night (laughs) (laughs) um apparently there was old chicago and new chicago so we were in the old chicago set gotcha i appreciate the delineation yeah yeah (laughs) it's very important (laughs) to get that get that separated made sense to someone well i think that there's certainly you know there's certainly an appetite uh, with this, it's been bizarre and cool to see the last, you know, whatever, five, six years, this kind of new generation of people into, for lack of a better term, noise rock. It's maybe one of the most surprising resurgences. I mean, garage rock, you expect it. It's like every five, six years or something. Oh, rock and roll is back. All right, whatever. Uh, but the, <laughs> the fact that all these people are like going back and like discovering all these like touch and go like AMRAP bands and, and, and like in some cases being from an entirely different generation. Uh, you know, that, there's something to be said there. There's something to be said for like making something that's lasting and that touches people mm-hmm. and that means quite a bit for maybe a smaller group of people. But like, you know, maybe not enough to sustainably tour <laughs> for, for, for people that have like families and lives and responsibilities. But I mean, that's that to me that means a lot, and it's something that I think a lot of the listeners of the show <laughs> clearly agree with because they're listening yeah. to this show. Um, I mean, do you guys feel that? and Julie, definitely. I I was thinking about this earlier today that, um, you know, if there's four or 500 people in the world that are tar fans or care about tar, I think that's great. Um, Like, to me, it's like we should be the band members happy and satisfied with what we're doing or we shouldn't do it. But if we are happy and satisfied, like what's then the you know, the next measure of satisfaction. I don't want to say success because that's loaded. It's like, you know, if there's some people who like us and, you know, want to hear our stuff, I think that's great. I mean, it's not going <laughs> to get us in a, get us in a van schlepping across the country or the world, but you can post some stuff enough, on social media, you know, enough to, you know, play and hopefully, you know, make some new music. Do people still get in a van and, I mean... Yeah. I know yeah. you, like, before COVID, you were doing that stuff, and I would always see your posts. You post should ask Mets. Yeah, Mets. Oh, yeah, they have stuff got like... robbed a couple nights ago, right? Yeah, that They're still happens, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah, people... Yeah. It's which, brutal. That sucks. As if it wasn't hard enough being a band, or, or right. a human being, but being in a band Terrible. for the past, like, year and a half, that, like, you get robbed, like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, I mean that's an interesting it, uh, yes, but the whole que- the question of touring does it does it make sense? I, I think it makes sense if the journey for you is the destination. That's probably the best way I can put it. And for, and it's perfectly understandable if it's not, but like it's both amazing and soul breaking and wildly inconsistent in, in between. Like, and sometimes that's you know the same week. Like it, it's well, it's crazy, and that was before the COVID. Dest- the destination didn't happen for us, but for quite some time, I think we were happy about the journey, just the going out there and, you know, playing and meeting people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Grateful but, for the adventure. Yeah. But, right. you know, like then at some point, you know, you don't want to sleep on people's floors or you've got <laughs> a family to create and raise or a career or whatever. I mean, I, I'm at a point where like, I'm actually seeing a lot of live music these days and, you know, writing and rehearsing regularly. So, well, and you're playing 
in a in a different genre now too right you know so to speak like you know with langford and whatnot like that's fascinating we haven't talked about that at all because this is tar specific but i think that's fascinating. that's a different show it's a different yeah. show we'll come, we'll have to come on for that for sure yeah but i mean that's coming from this world and those experiences i mean john do you find that commonality of experience uh to carry over despite the genre not being you know precise and like the name some of the names being the same and some of the names not well I, I think all of us, including all of us here, like we're fans of music. And, you know, I met Mike when we were writing record reviews for the college newspaper. We met Mark at a show we both or we all three of us wanted to go to. You know, Tom had been in bands in Boston and then came back and through Brad, who we knew from college, connected us. It's like... um I suspect we all, you know, hold a very special place for music. Uh, and, you know, the, it was a Friday, I saw um, a blues band, not usually my fair, but this dude ripped it up. And, you know, I'm excited about Mets playing. I'm excited about Girls Against Boys in February. Um, I'm going to go see um, a jazz trio next month this month next month it's december in two days yikes so like i you know if you like it and it's music like jump in yeah and yeah and so other stuff i've been doing outside of tar you know it's just like let's play stuff we like right which it's hard to go wrong that way <clears throat> uh you know speaking of stuff you like tom how's how's the hunt for the new aluminum going i see a, i see a neck in the background there i, I actually i uh put it one together there yes okay. let's see it you can see it happen to have it here the, uh... tom's you're throwing your hat in the luthier uh that's the sword of damocles i was gonna say we don't want to be flagged for pornography yeah. but that's pretty no. nice looking i made that uh, or actually i just i put that together um it's just, uh, got the uh what is it the uh illuminati neck and I took a square body and stuck it together and put some, you know, nice pickups in it and a nice new bridge. Boy, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. It's like I, I probably played four hours today. My base where I probably played four hours probably since the last time <laughs> Tar played. So wow. I don't play my bass very often. I play my guitar all the time. So it was really fun to get me to start playing bass again. It's just... um, you're like a guitar player first anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, was... I always play guitar first. So um, yeah, I I just had more luck uh, playing bass with people than I do with guitar. <laughs> people need I the know. bass player. I like playing bass more, actually. Than we I didn't did. have an opening. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I like playing bass. The opening was on bass. guitar with people, actually. So. But now it's that you a, think a about it, fun. three guitars is one guitar better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there, there have been bands that have that have done that and managed to pull it off. Although it, it does get better to do that. Busy. Can just tune one down a little bit. You know, I'll get a baritone guitar. The baritone, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the baritone is, is. Did someone say bass six? Bass six. A lot of bass six, and then I want to. I was just about to say that. I really. There we I, go. I just been dreaming about one of those for months now <laughs> it, it, it helps fill things out yeah that's yeah. gig apparently those are really nice uh who is it reed from shadowy men played one of those that's the first time i got to play one of those and played his and i was like so much fun 
Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to get one, but now I noticed that uh, Fender has one they reissued. That's uh, <clears throat> pretty cheap. There you, there you go. <laughs> nice. So I think about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I, that's why I've been thinking. <laughs> yeah, so they can chat I, in the chat as well. Can we? I don't think so. You can no. uh, Facebook somewhere. It's being driven by Facebook. I don't know how to. I went to the Facebook page. I can't get to these comments, so I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. It's in the web browser. You, you think I'd have answers for this, but uh, yeah, yeah. You can no, really it only do it to you can do it to YouTube, and you can do it to Twitch. Mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't want to let you know. Do it for some reason. I don't know why. Facebook does whatever right. it wants. All right. Uh, the so. Was there a definitive answer to the, like any chance for a new material question? It, it seemed like a who knows. I think the definitive answer is why not? Yeah. Never say no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Got to keep the mystery I going. To, I want the technology where we can all practice from different locations at the same time. <laughs> it probably exists, but I don't think we have it. I, it. It works if you're nearby, but it's not. Any it doesn't work well enough for me. if you're far away. What I've noticed mm-hmm. is that practice spaces usually oh, have the, the, the the worst internet possible. Uh, right. It's it's like whatever you need to uh, cont- be contractually obligated to say is like internet is what are usually right. rehearsal spaces, and that's not the best for low latency stuff like right. that. Right. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, it's not the best for low latency QE. Yeah, okay, I'm sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> With a little more compression, you might be able to correct yeah. <laughs> a little delay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just put, put this to affect everything. Oh, suddenly the tar went shoegaze on this one. It's kind of wild. Do the Simpsons scientist guy, Tom. <laughs> well, now I can't. Re- I can't recall anything he said. <laughs> we used to practice on Simpsons night when we were writing Jackson. Like one of the, we practiced two or three times a week. One of them was always when like Simpsons night. Nice. We'd sit and we'd watch that before practice in the in their living room. And then we go downstairs, and so that's why we named the song "Trauma." <laughs> yeah, there it's was a Dr. Uh, Nick quote. Doctor Nick, that's not a smudge. That's that's trauma. Yeah, he was looking at a the blueprint. And right, the right, one right. Where okay. Blue gets Bart's hit head. by Bart gets hit by uh, Smithers, I think. Leonardo, uh, yeah. Mr. Burns in his car or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> what? Do that. Anyway, is yeah. do that's a good conversational topic that I'm kind of curious on because I think you guys have very interesting song titles like sometimes it's seems relatively arbitrary from an outside perspective or that it comes from some in-joke or something along and those an lines. And insider's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have any like sort of you know did, did it still make sense why songs were called what they were when you're going through and repackaging all this material like why do we call it that or was it all still pretty clear? Why do you take that one John? Well, yeah, I think so the often like we would do music first and then um, lyrics would show up um, and, you know, you had to have some kind of working title to know what the thing was you were working on. Um, And sometimes those lived on um, and sometimes they got uh, overcome by the events of the lyrics where it was like, you know, the lyrics fit in and I was the lyric sizer. So, um, like short trades, 
um, when we were working on that uh, was John Shorts because it was so damn hot when we were rehearsing. I think, as I recall, anyways, I wore shorts, which I'm not one to do much. <laughs> um, so it was sort of like, oh, that was the one practice where John wore shorts. Um, and then short trades has um, sort of become something else a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know if sinister is the right word. Um, if you've ever shorted yep. a stock. I was going to say, everyone's going to think of the stock market now, which is yeah, um, different connotation. Which was, I mean, it was... I had no business talking about the stock market then, but anyways, um, you know, betting on something to fail. Yeah. That's a little rough. Yeah. Um, but people do it all the time. People um, make a, a, not just a living, but a very good living at doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so it was, it was probably one or the other. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if it's alliteration or, cleverness just has some appeal where it's like oh that's a good song title i mean i think viaduct removal was um a title independent of the lyrics well no i guess maybe not um i mean about a concept right yeah. of parts of a city disappearing um including viaducts which you think of as having some kind of permanence and you look up one day and there's the fucking sky um <laughs> It's a yeah. pretty, pretty big deal. Um, so it st strikes you. I don't know. So it's a combo that is any kind of general answer. I think um, Gerta is actually a working title because I don't think that pertains to the words, right? Right. Yeah. And good. It's a good one, though. Tellerman came from the working title, which was Ballad of the Storyteller. Which originally was Ballad of the Salad. Which was Ballad of the Salad. Yes. Forgot about that. Oh, why'd that one not stick? <laughs> I can't remember which one was Lonely on the Stoop. <laughs> Lonely on the Stoop yeah, was um, Cross Offer. Okay. Uh... And Landluck was Lucky Bastard. Yeah, that's Working right. Was Lucky Bastard. That's right. <laughs> Lonely on the Stoop, so named because a guitar part when we were working on it was the Lonely on the Stoop part because it was like a lone note or something, I think. I don't even know if that even. Got to remember. the song, but I think that was yeah. So many working yeah. Um, carpal tunnel was like a because you guys basically gave yourselves carpal tunnel trying to play that chord. <laughs> yeah, it was, Very awkward, it was an awkward chord to play. That one I actually figured out. I was like, I bet that's just because of weird chord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what welp comes from at all. I have no idea. Lawrence that's Welk. a working that's a working title too that stuck, but I can't remember where we got it. What about what about Barry White? Why was that Barry White? Working beat. Okay. It's a nice rhythm. Yeah, I, yeah, I stole the original drum beat for that song from um I I can't remember which song that da 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 whatever song that you're I'm gonna love you just oh, a little baby, bit. Baby, baby, I'm going yeah. to I'm not using that drum beat, but we kept yeah. calling the song Barry White anyway. Right. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But it had that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can hear it. I can hear it. Okay. To begin with. Sorry. I'll be enough of that. <laughs> How dare you drum, drummer? Yeah. Uh, what are clinchers one I always wondered about? Like Softball. 
Softball. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that was about the Pope. Was it about the Pope? Had a tumor the size of a softball. Size of a softball. Yeah, yeah, I remember he had like some kind of colon cancer and he removed like the size of a grape or something like that. Jesus. That's the size of a 16 inch clincher. Yeah, it's like size of your head. (laughs) That's a. That's that's rough business. That's yeah. that's memorable. <laughs> yeah, that's, like that's a, a, I'm not gonna forget like anytime like, soon. Yeah. Yeah, like a C-section for that. You know? <laughs> teetering was teetering on the brink, and I can't remember what that was referring to. I think it was just the feel of the song and how it had this feeling of. It was also called Big Dumb Bass Riff when we first <laughs> when Tom brought it in. With He's all like, due respect, Tom was like, "I have this big dumb bass riff," and it was just like one note. That one note thing. That's from the truth and advertising department. Yeah. That was a great <laughs> riff. That was a great bass riff. Some of the best riffs are big, both big and dumb, and that's there's nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. Yeah. A lot of really good songs have two notes and a lot of well not a lot, but some great songs have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> was was that uh uh was, oh God, what is it? Um was it a, a good good part wrong band? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it describes that song, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, I that's what what what, what, I, what I, that is in my pantheon of like. Yeah. Here's didn't a very seem, clever didn't song. Didn't seem like a tar song. Yeah. We're not the band to play the song, but I guess we're going to record it anyway. <laughs> the 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 cheek is uh was appreciated yeah. for sure. We're we're this is the decoder ring. Maybe we should do a Q and A and get the questions up front. <laughs> Although they'd just be from you, probably Conan. <laughs> well, I, I I gotta say I really appreciate you guys taking the time and and doing it as a group, which I know it's hard to uh, coordinate. I think it's oh, it's fun. Uh, you know, this is going to be of interest for a lot of folks, and it's something that I hope people do go out and get that box set. You know, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes when it goes up yeah. in the podcast, which is how most people listen. And. <laughs> I think if you're a fan of the band, it's like it's it's a mitzvah, you know. It's a treat. It's a that's a it's a wonderful thing. Like, like what is there? What you need to be talked into it? Come on, like let's get down to it. Uh, so last thing, and I, I want to thank you guys so much for for the time. Is that uh, there's a canned question I ask, and it's the only question I ever ask at the end of the show. And you can choose to interpret it however you like. We'll go in a each person answering individually. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Why do you do what you do? Because I can't function around other people uh, <laughs> if I'm not playing music. <laughs> you know, I... I, I uh, it's a great answer. <laughs> I, I have a hard time being around people, and, and playing music for me is my outlet to express myself. <clears throat> otherwise, uh, it kind of, I can't get it out otherwise. So... Um, corporate jobs aren't for me. I, I tried that and it was, uh, I could do it. It just wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't my style. Didn't take so it. yeah, making music is really, you know, why I do it because I just really love it. And I've done it my whole life. You know? So that's Mike, it. Mike, how about you? That's an excellent answer. I think, um, I've never thought of not trying to be creative that way and i think like even since tar like tom and i were in a band for like 
a long time. I was in another band with Mark for a long time, and most of those bands I consider semi, um, I always use this term, kind of bowling night bands, because I kind of, after Tar, it kind of, to me, it I it kind of decided the thing I like about bands is the writing the songs and the rehearsing them and hanging out with, you know, some dudes making, like, creating this thing out of nothing. That's that's where I get the most satisfaction. And uh, I kind of related to Tom's comment. I don't, I'm not a people person <laughs> too much. Like I can do this kind of thing, you know, cause I'm sitting alone in my apartment. That's fine. <laughs> well, that's why I'm not over there. <laughs> being on the, being on a stage with a whole fucking band in front of me is fine, but uh, Getting salty. John and Tom have to do at a live show. That would never happen. Uh, but this creating something out of nothing, it's an outlet, creative outlet. I have to do it. I have to have that. And I was pretty fucking unhappy when I wasn't playing drums for like several years in the 2010s. Go! John Moore, close us out. All up. right. So um, I, I will say I'm an introvert, um, but in my professional life, I have to deal with a lot of people which is okay, but I'm an introvert. Um, I, I think like what Mike just said, the thrill of making something new um, is, is pretty great, and it still is. Um, I think for a while, as I tried to sort of pick apart, like, why I didn't play music? Like, aspects of my work were sort of in a creative manner, and so maybe that filled a void. Um, maybe. Um, so there's that, um, you know, making stuff and collabor collaborating, um, not just like, you know, I'm a bedroom, I don't know, jockey, um, but like, you know, you're wor working stuff out with others. Like that collaborative thing is, is wonderful. I'm certainly a fan of music, um, a, a lot of different types of music. So, you know, just being involved in a way, whether it's like, you know, I'm helping write something or I'm connecting with people who enjoy the music I'm writing because I'm a fan too is pretty great. I mean, you know, just seeing the comments in the chat here on StreamYard is a reminder of that. Um, I think there's a little bit of the, like Mike was saying, just like not doing it is kind of a dissatisfying place to be. Um, uh, I'll add sort of in the pandemic theme uh, over the past couple of years, it felt like almost like this existential need. Um, like, I don't want to just sit here at home and live on Zoom and not do anything. Um, so there's that. I mean, I think the other thing that is probably a whole other hour and a half is about considering one's legacy and like you know when you're done done like what remains and so it's pretty cool that 30 35 years on the stuff we're doing still matters to us or still matters to others so you know not a lot of people can say that well said thank you so much gentlemen this has been a pleasure thank you Conan. Yeah. thanks for having us yeah until until next time Oh, okay. See ya. Until, until, <laughs> until next reissue. Yeah. <laughs> See, do one in May to flog the uh, uh, 
Um, Caterwall. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, 100%. Uh, and I look forward to it. Take care. Okay. Bye. I guess I'm left. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. See you. Oh, there they go. There they go. The gentlemen of Tar. The gentle dudes of Tar. Uh, fantastic. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Let's listen to a song and then, um, yeah, go get that. Go get the box set. Settled on Goethe, right? 
<laughs> I think we settled on Gerda as, as being like what that one's called. And uh, I'm very excited that that was, uh, that was the Dudes of Tar. And uh, that's something that I hope that you guys enjoyed because I enjoyed it very much. And uh, I will have the mind time anywhere. Know that. Works better when you push the button. Yeah, go get the box set. If you haven't already, um, the box set is chunkla.bandcamp.com uh, slash album slash tar box. It's uh, pretty special. If you're, if you're watching or listening to this show, it's 100% for you. Guaranteed. You can also uh, follow Tar. I guess do it on Facebook. Their their Instagram isn't really active. <laughs> For whatever reason. Uh, Facebook. I think it's Tar. Tar the band, maybe? Tar band official. Something like that. Some dude's named Tar. can't remember exactly what it is. I'll pull it. It's Tar the band. I was right the first time. Follow them on Facebook if you're on that. Um. The name of the show is Go to Neutron Proton Conversal. Thanks so much for listening to it. The show airs usually on Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. This has been a Quarantimes edition. Streaming a whole bunch of other things also. Tell you what, though, ProtonicConversal.com for the archives. Always, always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Patreon.com slash ProtonicConversal. $1 a month if you want to get the episodes sooner it's an on-demand world this business costs money too early access thanks everyone for uh, liking and subscribing to the show sharing around some people find out about it and uh, it's always appreciated thanks so much for listening this microphone turns sound into electricity bunch of good stuff coming up we got Ken Andrews of failure Will Goldsmith Sunday real estate can you hear me now Stay tuned. Out on Route 128. Stay safe out there. I got my radio Take it on. Easy. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, Thank mm-hmm. you.